Today, I'm excited about having the opportunity to share with you about how much God cares about you. So take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's service. Uh, This morning, we're going to be looking at Luke uh, chapter 10, starting in verse 38. So if you want to go ahead and turn there. But this morning, I have this question that, that I know that there's been times in my life where I've asked it. There's probably been times in your life where you've thought it, you may have asked it, but the question and the title of my message this morning is, does God really care? Does God really care? Does he care about you? Does he care about your family? Does he care about your circumstances, your problems, your struggles, your future, your relationships? And I'm hoping by the end of this message that you will acknowledge and know and feel that he does care, that he cares for you. He cares about every aspect of your life. And I hope that you know that he loves you, that he sees you, and that you, that he loves you, and that he cares for you. If you don't know, my name is Caleb Martin. Uh, I'm the youth pastor, student pastor here at Bethel Worship Center. So I work with the teenagers, uh, middle school, high school students. If you don't, haven't seen me around, normally I'm in kids' church on Sunday morning. So that's normally where I'm at. So I'm glad you are here. And if I haven't got to meet you, I'd love to meet you at some point. Um, but I don't know about y'all, but um, I'm going to tell a little bit of story about Rachel. I know she's here this morning, and I kind of asked her if I could. She didn't say no, but she didn't say yes. Um, so we're going to, I'm just going to try to tell this a little bit about my wife, Rachel. Rachel loves, um, we love to have people over. We don't do it as much as we would like, but we love having people over. And one of the things that Rachel loves is for our house to look as though no one lives there. Some of you know what I'm talking about, Um, but that's not always the case. Guess why? Because people live there, right? We live there. Dylan lives there. Paisley and Jake live there, the dogs. So our house is not always going to be super clean, super nice. But before people come over, Rachel's like, hey, you got one job today. Make this house clean. And when I get home, I'm going to finish what you don't finish. I said, okay, I got you. So, but Rachel likes for the house to be clean. She likes for it to be neat. She likes it to look like no one lives in it. Right. But I don't know about y'all's house, but sometimes our houses look like home goods, Marshall's and Hobby Lobby threw up in there. Right. And it just looks good. Right. People, I mean, some people have that, that skill, that touch, they can just make everything look so perfect, so neat, so nice. Other people, uh, including myself, it ain't like that. It don't come easy, right? When I'm asked to do the laundry, I do the laundry, but I didn't realize I had to put it in the dryer. And then once it gets dry, I got to take it out and then I got to fold it. And then once I fold it, then I got to put it up. I was just asked to do the laundry. It's clean. Like it is clean, right? So when you, when Rachel comes home, sometimes the laundry's done, but it ain't done. Right. It's everywhere. It's in the living room. It's in the bedroom. And then the dishes. She's like, you do the dishes? Yeah, I ran the water, got the soap. It's all clean. It's sitting in the water. It's ready. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's ready to be washed. (laughs) She said, you didn't wash it. Nah, I didn't wash it. You know, I got busy doing the laundry. Right. And it's like, well, did you vacuum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I vacuumed. And then you start looking around. Well, you know, the, the house is a little bigger than I thought it was when I started. And then I thought about the dishes. So I went and ran the dishwater. And she's like, Caleb, people are coming over. Like, you have got, I said, I got you, I got you. So I try to do it. She does most of it. And then I try to back her up. 
But the reason I, I, I share that is because what, the story that we're going to look at this morning, there, there's, there's some distractions that, that was taking place in a home where, where someone was missing what was most important, right? It's not about how clean your house is, but it's the fact that when you have company, what's most important is you're spending time with those around you. You're spending time with those who love and care about you. Because here's the thing. I've never went in anyone's house. Because that's why I tell Rachel, I said, babe, you don't know what their house looks like. Don't worry about our house. You don't know what their house looks like. But I've been in homes and people, look, it's not, it's not spotless. It's not clean. It doesn't look like someone doesn't live there. But, but when I leave, I don't think about the dishes. I don't think about the clothes. I don't think about the trash. What I think about is, hey, we had a good time together. I enjoyed the company that I was with. Now, if your house is a wreck, I'm not giving you a pass. All right, husbands, I'm not giving you a pass. But, but that's not what's most important. And I hope that you don't get distracted and get caught up. Oh, I can't have people over my house. Oh, no one. Oh, they'll just talk about my house. No. And I promise this is going to make sense here in a little bit. But we should care about the company that we have. And don't invite people over to your house because you're so worried and distracted and caught up with everything that, that's, that you have in your home. But in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, there's this story of these two sisters. One's name was Martha and one's name was Mary. And they invited Jesus to their house. And I'm going to read in Luke chapter 10, verse 38, if you follow along. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And just a little context, this is the same Mary who not too long ago came into the house and, and cleaned Jesus' feet with her hair and the perfume. She anointed Jesus' anointed Jesus's feet. This is that same Mary. So she's going back to the place where she knew is the place where she should be, which is at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. In verse 40, But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to him and asked this question, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus answers this question. Martha asks this question, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that this is what's bothering me? Don't you care that this is what, what's frustrating me? Don't you care that I'm doing all this stuff for you? And he responds, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. Love this, but few are needed or few are necessary. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. And when you think about Jesus' response right now, some of us would say, well, he really don't care about Martha. He doesn't care about how she feels or what she's facing or what she's going through, but he does. He cares about her. But not only does he care about the things that she's trying to do and the things that she's going through, he acknowledges, hey, there's only one thing necessary. There's only one thing needed. And if you would just forget about all those distractions, forget about the things that are are keeping your mind going and just come and sit and listen. Listen to me. Listen to my teaching. Listen to what I have to share. Because he's saying that he said he asked or he told her that there's only one thing that is needed, only one thing that is necessary. And we know that that is Jesus. 
that nothing else matters. That nothing else should come between you and him. That not, Don't worry about the preparation. Don't worry about trying to get things right. Fix things in your life. Fix things in your heart. Because when you have Jesus, you have all you need. And he will come in and help you. He will help you clean those things. He will help you prepare those things. He will help you with everything that you're battling and facing inside of you. Because there is a difference in a want and a need. And sometimes we come to Jesus with our wants. God, I really want this. I really want this to work out. I really want this. I want this. I want this. But he says there's only one thing that's necessary. There's only one thing that you need in life. And that's him. And Mary got that. Because she wasn't worried about cleaning the house, uh, preparing the food, making sure everything was perfect and spotless and right for for the master that was in their home. But she knew there was only one thing that was necessary. And that was to go and spend time with the, with the teacher, with the Savior, with the Messiah, Jesus. You'll never learn or grow if you never stop to listen. If you're always so busy and you're always so going, and I'm not, I know some of you are busy bodies, and that's, that can be a good thing. But you'll never learn if you never take the time to stop and listen. And that's all Mary wanted. Mary was a sponge. Mary wanted to, to learn everything she could from Jesus and Her sister, on the other hand, is running around trying to make sure everything's clean before she sits down and has a meal with Jesus. Jesus isn't worried or isn't concerned with the the garbage you have. He wants you. He doesn't want you to live the way that you live. He doesn't want you to have the sin in your heart. He doesn't want you to have the worry and the anxiety that you have within yourself. He just wants you. And when we come to him with our problems, we cast all our cares on him. Why? Because he cares for us. And when we do that, he he comes into our life and he begins to, as we say, transform from the inside out. So that we can go be a catalyst for transformation. As Pastor Javen always says at the end of our messages, go and be a catalyst for transformation. But it starts with us. It starts with us. Stop getting distracted and come and sit at the feet of Jesus. It, it, it starts with getting into his word. And, and I, I think I've shared this with y'all before, but when you fall in love with his word, you'll fall in love with the author. Spend time with him. Make time for him. And I want to ask you this. Are you okay with God's answers? As Pastor Don talked a little bit last week, and we're going to talk a little bit about it here in a minute. But when you're in that place of waiting, are you okay with that? Are you okay with how Jesus responds to you and your questions? When you come to him and say, God, do you care? And he responds. Are you okay with that? Because like he says to Martha, like I said, he may not respond how you think he should have or how Martha thought he may. But he said, you're worried and upset about many things. But only a few are needed or indeed only one. So I'm not going to take away from Mary. But are you okay with when he responds to you? And it's not how you want or it's not how you would think. Every day you'll be given a choice. Because Mary, he said, he literally said, Mary chose what is better. She came and listened. She came and sat. She didn't get distracted. But you're, you're running around everywhere being distracted and, and, and trying to make everything right. He's like, I don't care about the dishes. I don't care about the dust. I don't care about the food that you're making. I just want to share with you and spend time with you. I just want to have a relationship with you. But every day we, we're given a choice. If you really think about your life every day, you get a choice. What you do, what you say, when you stop, when you go, whether you yield, whether you floor it. You know what I'm saying? Like you get a choice. 
But how do you choose? How will you choose? Will you choose what is better? Will you choose what is right? Or will you choose what is comfortable? And what you feel as though you ought to do? Or do you look to God? And do you look to Him to direct you? And most importantly, I think we can take from this this story right here. Is that He cares about your heart. He cares about your salvation. Because that's what's most important. You having a relationship with Jesus Christ, your creator, God, having a relationship with him and and asking him to come into your heart and believing and having faith and repenting of your sins and, and having that relationship with him. That's the most important thing you could ever do. And if you never have made that decision, I pray and I hope that you do that this morning because it's that simple. It's that simple. And then other things will come. Obedience will come. Change will come. Transformation will come. But it starts with you. And we we see these two sisters and we see their encounter with Jesus. And by this story, we see that there is a friendship, there is a relationship, there is a connection that has been made. And later on, and this is kind of what Pastor Don talked about last week. So if you were here, this is kind of like a a carryover, right? And it is kind of a God thing because me and Pastor Don, we we ain't talked about our notes. So, um, but if y'all would like to turn to John, not like, would you please turn to John? chapter 11, verse 17. And this is what Pastor Don talked about last week a little bit. This is the death of Lazarus. This is the death of Jesus' friend and Mary and Martha's brother. So we see later on that there's still a friendship. There's still a relationship. There's still a connection. And, and word got to Jesus. If you, if you don't know, word got to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was sick. But Jesus stayed where he was. He didn't rush to get to his friend, to heal his friend, or didn't heal him right then. He stayed where he was. And to some of us, that doesn't make any sense. And that's when we think about this thought of waiting. Like when, when we need something, when we need God to move, when we, when we pray for something, and we're in this, this season, this spot, this time of waiting, what do we do in those moments? But in John chapter 11, uh, verse 17 says this, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Think about that. Martha, the same sister that was distracted not too long ago. Martha, the same sister that didn't even really realize who was in her home is coming to Jesus. She met Jesus. She went to Jesus. She ran to Jesus when she heard that he was coming. In verse 21, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That's typically our response. Lord, you could have healed my family member. Lord, you could have done this. You could have done this. You could have done that. But I love this next part. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. She didn't stay in that place of of grieving. She didn't stay in that place of bitterness. She didn't stay in that place of questioning. She knew, God, if you, Lord, if you were here, my brother wouldn't have died. But even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Very different Martha, right? And sometimes that's, that's us. It takes that, that encounter with Jesus. It takes that Jesus answering those tough questions. It takes us spending time with him and getting to know the God that we serve and that we talk about and that we worship. And what is the reason? What's the point? But when you encounter him, 
everything changes. Your perspective on him changes. So we see the difference in Martha and her relationship with him. And in verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will not die. Do you believe this? What if he's not just asking Martha? What if he's asking you this morning? Do you believe that? That the most important thing that you can do is have a relationship with your creator. And know that he is the resurrection and the life. It doesn't matter what all is going on around you. But when you believe in him, he's the only thing that matters. And I love her response. Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world. After this conversation, and after he had, she had said this, she went back to call her sister Mary. The teacher is here and is asking for you. So when Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Listen, not only did Jesus wait to come and see Lazarus, Come and see these sisters. Come and see his friends. But he's still waiting. He's still waiting. Because it says in scripture that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And I think if we try to really understand that. And think that we know better than God. We are wrong. Because for us if someone is hurting. If someone is sick. If someone's in need. We ought to run to them. But yet we see Jesus waited. He waited. And what I want to encourage you with this morning is just because Jesus may be waiting, it doesn't mean he doesn't care. He may be trying to show you how much he cares in the waiting. As hard as that is, and I don't always comprehend, I don't always get it, and that's okay. But in the waiting is when you really know that he cares because there is a reason there is waiting. Waiting isn't on accident. Waiting isn't just because he's busy. There is a reason and a purpose, even when we don't see it. So what I want to encourage you with this morning is that if you are in a place of waiting and you feel like God doesn't care, he does. And there is a reason for the wait. And I promise you, you will see it you will see the purpose. You will see the reason. And God has all everything he does. There is a purpose and a reason. Even when we don't get it. And just like in this story, he is still waiting. But Mary comes to him. Even while he was waiting in verse 31, it says, When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went to him. That word noticed. They noticed. The ones who are around you, they notice. They know, like if you claim to be a Christian, if you claim to have faith in God, people around you notice how you respond, how you act, what you say, how you say it. They notice. So they notice that there was something different. They notice how quickly she got up and went out and they followed her. 
They, they thought she was going to the tomb to mourn there. So they followed her. And in verse 32, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was, he saw him. I'm sorry. She saw him and she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not, would not have died. In verse 33, when he saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and he was troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. In verse 35, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. Y'all, I could be mistaken, but this is Lazarus who's been dead four days. And this is the same man that could have healed him. And yet people acknowledge, wow, he loved him. I don't know about y'all, but in the moment, that doesn't seem like love to me. Lord, why didn't you heal him? Lord, why, why did he have to die? Lord, why is it taking you so long to get here? Those are our human earthly thoughts. But his ways are not our ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. We can't comprehend. Jesus sympathized. He grieved with them. Why? Because he cared. Because he loved them. And even though they were in a time of waiting, even though they were in a time of a little bit of confusion and not understanding, Jesus still cared. They had a relationship with him. They had a friendship with him. And Jesus had a deeper love for them. Why? Because he had a relationship with them. That's how I know it's most important. Most important is having a relationship with God. Accepting him into your heart. Allowing him to come in and transform you from the inside out. In 1 Peter 5, 7, he says, cast all of your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. If you try to go through life doing everything on your own, not going to do it. When you are dependent on yourself, it's not going to work out. But you have to be dependent on God. You have to trust in him. Let him lead you in your everyday life. Let him be the center of your family the center of your job, the center of every aspect of your life. And even when you have that question or those feelings inside of your heart, God, are you even there? Do you even care? He does. Most of the time when we have that question, that's him working. Because we're acknowledging, hey, one, there is a God. God, I know you are there. But God, why does it feel like you don't really care about my situation right now? But when we, when we don't necessarily ask that question, but more so we trust, as hard as that can be sometimes. God, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why it's going on. But Father, I trust you right here, right now. And you're consistent with that. You dive into his word. You spend time with him. You will experience his love and his goodness. And I'm about to wrap up right here. So if the band wants to come out and play. And I know there's a lot of people in this house that have had those questions. Like I said, I've had that question in my life. Does God really care? Some of us feel like God doesn't care. We feel like God doesn't care because of how things played out. But if you know in the story... Jesus stayed where he was so that God's work would play out. So that a miracle could happen. Because listen, I really, sometimes when I read scripture, I, I think, I might think a little different than some people. But if Jesus would have came right away, 
or he would have healed Lazarus right where he was. I don't know about y'all, but still, that's pretty cool, right? Still a miracle. But Jesus had already done that, right? It had just been another miracle. Jesus had healed the sick, right? He'd already touched people. He had already healed people. It had just been another miracle. But this one was different. It showed a different side of Jesus. I don't know about you, but it showed me he cares from afar. That he still loved Lazarus. Even while he was sick. Even up till death. Even four days after. Jesus cared so much. He loved his friends so much. But do you have the privilege and the honor to call Jesus your friend? Some of us in this room this morning, we may not be able to say that. We, we, we hear, we know a little bit, we've read a little bit, we've worshiped a little bit. But is Jesus your friend? And if he's not, I got some good news for you. Today could be the day. Because I want to read this last, this last passage in Matthew chapter 6. Verse, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food? body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air that do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not much more valuable, are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, that not even Solomon in all his splendor was ever dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the pagans run after these things? But your heavenly father knows that you need them. This is the key right here. But first, seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You don't have to worry. Why? Because he cares for you. He loves you. He sees you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Stop trying to get everything fixed first. Come to Jesus and let him help you fix things. Stop trying to do everything on your own. You're nothing without him. I'm nothing without him. There's nothing I can do without him. He is my sustainer. He's my provider. And he should be yours too. So if you would stand with me this morning.
to go into a time of worship. And we're going to sing this song, Death Was Arrested. And what I hope and I encourage you to do this morning is just like Jesus said, there's only one thing that's necessary. There's one thing that's important. I'm not worried about the clutter. I'm not worried about the mess. I just want you to come and listen to me. I want you to come and experience me. I want you to come and hear from me. I want to teach you. I want to love you. I want to care for you. But it starts with you saying, hey, I want that. So this morning, if you don't have a relationship with God, it's as simple as this. The gospel requires two things. And that's faith and repentance. So this morning, believe in your heart. Believe in your heart that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again. If you believe that in your heart and you confess with your mouth that he is Lord and admit and confess your sins, he will come and live in your heart. And that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. But if you want to dive deeper, I know a good book you can read. If you're a reader, I know a good book. But this morning, let's just worship God together. Let's seek his face. Let's be like Mary and just come and sit at the feet of Jesus. Learn from, learn from the master. Learn from the one who came down from glory. And let's just listen to him. Let him open your heart to him. Open your ears to him. Be receptive of what he has for you this morning. No matter what your circumstance, no matter your situation, no matter if life is good right now, no matter if life is bad right now, God just wants to spend time with you. So as we worship together, spend time with your creator. Spend time with God. The Pastor David's here, me and Rachel are here. I know the prayer team is around. If you need prayer, come to the front and someone will come and pray with you. If you just need to spend time with God. I want to open this time up for that. Because God just wants to spend time with you this morning. So Father, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for your word. Father, there are some Marthas in this room right now. That have been so distracted. That they've been trying so hard to make everything perfect for you. But God, they will never be perfect. And they're missing out on you. So Father, help them to put those distractions aside this morning. Lord, no matter what tomorrow looks like, no matter what this past week looked like, but Father, right here, right now, Lord, they focus on you and what you have to say to them, God. Lord, help us to hear from you this morning. Lord, be be with these people, be with their situation, their circumstances, their families, God. Lord, some of them, there's someone in this room right now that is is asking this question coming in and they're not here by accident. But Father, show them that you care this morning. Stir something in their heart. Give them peace. Lord, help us to put our our, cast our cares on you, Lord, because you care for us. Lord, as we worship and we sing and we spend time with you this morning, Father, Lord, help this time not to be wasted. Lord, help us to dive into you, Father. Lord, help us to look in your word and look to you for the answers that we've been searching for, Father. Lord, we love you. We thank you in your wonderful name. Amen.
If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find the link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.